Hey, this is John Oliva, and you are listening to Iron City Rocks, so crank it up, or I'll come in to get you. Hi, this is Lev from Sister Sin, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. This is Philip H. Anselmo, and you are definitely listening to Iron City Rocks. Damn all. All right, Pittsburgh! You are the best! You got the best! Hello and welcome to episode 201 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I'm your host, John, coming to you from the Iron City of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, bringing you the best hard rock, heavy metal, rock, and blues talk on the internet. Episode 211, we're going full-on metal. We are joined by three fantastic guests. We have one of the masterminds behind the Trans-Siberian Orchestra, also associated with the band Sabotage. We have John Oliva on the show. Joining us also from Sweden, a great up-and-coming band, uh, really making some noise in the United States. Sister Sin vocalist Liv is on the show. And also, a man who needs no introduction, a man who's really been a, a main uh, force in metal over the last 25 years, easily uh, fronted bands like uh, Down and uh, Pantera. We have Phil Anselmo joining us to talk about his new project, Phil Anselmo and the Illegals. So... Without further ado, we're going to play a track from Phil's new album, which is called Walk Through Exits Only. This track is called Bedroom Destroyer from Phil Anselmo and the Illegals. Big, but still, they stop 
Hi everyone, thanks for joining us today. We've got a very special guest, uh, Phil Anselmo. How are you doing today, Phil? What's going on, big brother? Doing great. How about yourself? Doing good, doing good. Um, you got, right now you're out on tour with your uh, band. Uh, how's that going right now? I think it's going real well, man. Picking up momentum and uh, people are starting to wrap their heads around the music and get to know it a little bit better. And uh, Every night it's just uh, a progression in the way I see it. Well, let's talk a little bit about the album. Uh, it's been out for almost a month now. It's entitled Walk Through Exits Only, and this is uh, your first solo album. Um, how did uh, this album come about? Well, when I feel inspired to write music, I, I act on it, and um, I wanted to make a, an extreme record, really, that, that stuck out kind of like a sore thumb amongst extremities out there. So uh, really, I just wanted to uh, create this record. I had uh, certain musicians in mind, and and, and uh, it all came together. Um, I can't say quickly, but it, it came together in due time, and now we're sitting here talking about it. And, and the record actually has hardly been out a month, about two and a half weeks, and... Uh, like I said, man, it's 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 a blast, and and it's a different musical expression. So uh, I'm always wide open for that, and, and and always open to experiment. So that's what I love doing, man. Right, and actually, that's like a good way of describing this album. It's like almost experimental at times. It's not really, you know, it, it's got a whole different style to it, which I think is pretty refreshing. Now, it debuted um, in the top forty. Were you surprised by that? Actually, I was extremely surprised by that, uh, considering the contents on the record, man. And uh really need to give a big, big, big props and thumbs up to all the people out there and fans out there that really actually bought the mechanical copies of the record uh, right. so that we, we actually could charge, you know. So big thumbs up to them. And uh really, man, I, it, it, it was a surprise. Um, yeah, I'm glad to see that it's doing well and whatnot. Um, but stylistically, it is a little bit different. Did you, um, when you wrote, were writing this, did you do all the music yourself too, or did you bring the band together and then start writing the music? No, I actually wrote the ground, uh, pardon me, I wrote the songs from the ground up, but, you know, there, there's no denying that the musicians that I brought in uh, definitely brought something to the table. So, uh, you know, I, I know, uh, I've known Marzi for a very long time and right. he's, he brings, he brings a, a lot to the table as far as, uh, soundscapes and, and, and different so sonic elements. So, uh, I wanted to incorporate a lot of different things and I got the right guys and, and, uh, we got the job done, man. And, you know, the, the album, you know, it's brutal, it's in your face. And then one thing that actually really stood out to me in one of my favorite songs of the album is um, Irrelevant Walls and Computer Screens. And then you've got that, you know, last half of that song. It's kind of like a heavy metal Pink Floyd. Was that all Marzi's input, or did you have input on that as well? See, that's exactly what I was talking about. You, you know, Marzi has had that particular piece of grinding sonic Pink Floydism, as you might call it, right. uh, for, for quite a long time. And, and really, I've always wanted to take that thing and incorporate it into a, a real and, and, and uh, a real song, so to speak. So mm -hmm. 
you know, it's something that he's had for a while, and I'm glad we we got a chance to use that thing because I think it is very unique, especially, I guess, in the climate of, of, of extremities these days. Right. Um, now, again, you know, like I said earlier, you're on tour right now. You just did the uh, Heavy Metal Festival in Montreal. Um, how was that? It was incredible. It was awesome and, and really, really great, great response. And once again, I, I think we were a very unique act amongst right. a, a lot of other bands, man. So uh, the crowd was really, really, uh, really, really, uh, I guess, educated on the record because they knew they knew a lot of the words, which was, uh, you know, every night that's that's more surprising and more surprising. So it was awesome, man. Great experience. Nice. Um, and then this tour is uh, about half over, would you say? Um, finishes up in New yeah. Orleans at the end of August. What are your plans after that? Well, Ben, it's heads down into writing the new Down EP. Okay. And then uh, I think we have some more offers here and there. And then I got this uh, really different trip out, almost like another version of the Metal Masters but it's not the Metal Masters uh, thing going on in South America in, mm -hmm. in November. And then, uh, obviously, the Horror Fest is coming up in October, at the end of October in Austin, Texas, and I'm looking big time forward to that. And then, uh, you know, really, uh, with, the, with, with the solo band and all, we're, all of us are, are very much itching to write some new stuff. So I would expect, uh, I guess to start writing some new stuff early, early next year. See, I was actually going to ask that, so uh, we will see another. But also, you know, hey, listen, I didn't mean to interrupt you. And one other oh, no. thing that I'm absolutely messed up on and blanked out on is that we do the solo band, the Illegals, unless I change the name and call them the Butterflies or something <laughs> like that. We do have an EP coming out that is almost exclusively for the Horror Fest alone. So it's awesome. a two-song EP. So look for that. Um, so yeah, I was gonna ask, actually going to ask, uh, The Illegals, is that going to be a... This isn't a one-time thing. We're going to see a lot more of this, right? Uh, with the solo band, I would think yes, definitely. But whether they're called The Illegals or right. not, you know, that, that's, that's very subjective. So and, and it depends on what mood I'm in. So... <laughs> Whatever, whatever moniker I give them, they gotta stick by it. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, you're also working on a book, aren't you? Yes, I am. But they, right now, with all the crap that's going on, man, it, it's kind of at a snail's pace. But, but I know, probably in December, I'm gonna start working heads down on that motherfucker. So, um, yep. Uh, we're aiming for a release on the, uh, of the book, probably, hopefully, uh, next time. Uh, let me think here. Probably 2014 around okay. this time, uh, August, September, something like that. So I, you know, we'll, that's conversation we'll have at a later date. Let's talk a little bit about your horror film festival coming up, because I know you're a big horror film freak, and you know, can you talk a little bit about putting this together? Is this now? This is the first year for this, right? Yes, sir, it is. And uh, it's going to be horror films and music? Yes, it is. What kind of films are we, you know, horror films? Is it going to be like mainstream? Is it going to be independent films? What type of horror films are we looking at? 
as I say, there's going to be a great deal of classics, uh, a lot of old Italian classics, mm-hmm. grindhouse classics, and then, um, you know, one of the more exciting things for me is, is over the last nine, ten months, I've, I've received a lot of submissions right. from a lot of uh, lesser-known directors out there that that uh, really really, really, really care about the horror genre and are, mm-hmm. are really trying to do something different within the horror genre. So, uh, yeah, we'll be showing a lot of those, too, and, and giving out awards and, and whatnot. So it, it, we're, it, it, it's a big deal, man. And not to mention all the special guests and special guest directors, uh, Jim Van Beber from here in the States, mm-hmm. George Buck, Buckerite from Germany of Necromantic fame, showing all of his stuff on 35 millimeter and then the, the great incredible coffin Joe from Brazil is coming down right. and he's going to not only show his films, but, but display a lot of his artwork that, that a lot of people actually have not seen, including myself. So I'm looking forward to that. Nice. Nice. Now, um, should you ever have any aspirations of being a horror film director or are you going to stick strictly to the music? Man, I'm the type of guy with zero aspirations <laughs> to be a director. I just like to sit on my big fat ass and watch them. So, really, you know, that's really, you know, when I when I watch these submissions mm-hmm. and see these new new directors, that's that's really encouraging for a guy like me. Cool. So there's a lot of good stuff coming up because sometimes it seems like the horror films can get kind of repetitive and seeing the same thing over and over again. And it, I think sometimes exactly. with horror films, you gotta exactly. have exactly, exactly, And this is the day of the remake. It's the right. day of the found footage bullshit, which I think has really hit the wall and got very, very fucking boring. Uh, and really, uh, right now uh, I'm going through like my fifth. H.P. Uh, Lovecraft freak out. So right. I'm, I'm really into Lovecraft right now. So we got some awesome Lovecraftian nice. submissions out there that are really different and a uh, really different take on the Lovecraft uh, mythos, so to speak. So it's uh, all it's kick-ass and exciting. Cool, cool. Well, you know, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. I know you're, you know, you're busy. You got a show tonight. Um, so I want to thank you for coming on the show again. The album Walkthrough Exits Only definitely worth checking out. Hope uh, all our listeners here take a take a listen to it. And again, thank you for coming on the show. It was a real honor talking to you. Hey, brother. Thank you very, very much. And remember, it works both ways. I ain't jack shit without dudes like you and I appreciate uh, it's true and I appreciate your time and keep spreading the word brother much love to you you too Phil thank you alright thanks to Phil and Selma for coming on doing the show unfortunately the show was not coming to Pittsburgh uh, this tour did make a stop in Cleveland I know it's going around the country right now Phil and Selma and the Illegals and again the album is called Walk Through X it's only uh, Phil's got his own record label if you go to uh his website, you can find all the information about getting that. I'm sure it's on iTunes and all the usual digital locations as well. I'm going to turn our attention now to a, a younger band out of the country of Sweden. There's a band that uh, has been making some noise in the U.S., uh, doing kind of a traditional, uh, call it a, an 80s sort of heavy metal, uh, which I know Sweden has been known for uh, with some other bands that have come out of there, but this is not a... Uh, the glam style of metal that we've seen come out of Sweden more recently. Uh, this band has got a little more roots in bands like Dio, um, 
Sabbath, um, you know, a little bit more uh, melodic hard rock with very killer vocals. Um, think of Iron Maiden, Judas Priest, stuff like that. The band is Sister Sin. Had an opportunity to talk to Liv, uh, the vocalist, who uh, joined us to talk about the re-release of their first album, which was called Dance of the Wicked. It was uh, released uh, on their own independent thing over in Sweden, so it was kind of a hard thing to get in the United States unless you were getting it off a torrent or something like that. So it has its uh, proper U.S. release, uh, Dance of the Wicked. So we're going to play the title track from that album that we're going to talk to Liv about Sister Sin. Sin, we have vocalist Liv Yagrell on the phone. How are you doing, Liv? I'm doing good, thank you. Great, it's good to talk to you guys. Um, I have to ask how the Sweden Rock Festival 
was for the band. I mean, to be able to do a show in your home country, was that especially gratifying? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was overwhelming because um, we haven't been... We, we played Sweden Rock like 2008, but it was before we released Switched by Serenade, which mm-hmm. is kind of actually our first album. In, it's, mm. We counted that as the first album. Actually. Sure. Um, and... Uh, so we, I think we, there was a competition or something, and we, we won it to play like at 12 o'clock in the morning. Right. So that was like, uh, we haven't played since then, so we didn't know what to expect. So we, it was really overwhelming because it was so many people, they, they put us on the, the smallest stage, and right. that was actually a mistake. Yeah. So I'm very happy. I think that's our largest crowd we ever had. Yeah, and that's got to be. You know, it's it's good to see, you know, you guys have kind of snowballed. Um, you know, you mentioned from Switchblade, which was 2008, um, to what the band has become internationally now. Uh, but yeah. to, do, to do it at home has got to be awfully fun. Now, prior, prior to 2008, uh, I mean, you had, you know, you had the Dance of the Wicked album, which we'll talk a little bit. But, I mean, did you guys kind of tour, you know, in the Scandinavian area countries? Or, or you know, what was life like before Victory Records, really? I mean, uh, we didn't play so much because we were just like a demo band. Mm-hmm. We only released demo tapes, and Dance of the Wicked is actually uh, just a demo recording that uh, a Greek, very small label, wanted to uh, release. And we said, okay. Sure. I mean, this was like 2003 or 2004. Yeah. It was, we, we've only played one year, if not even that, together. So. It was in the very, very beginning, and you're, like, very naive, and you're very, yeah, you, yeah. you just want to put things out. So, I mean, the, the recording is not that good, of course. We, I think we spent a couple of days only in the studio, and it was not a good studio, and mm-hmm. you can, like, hear it's not, we weren't that rehearsed. But, I mean, it's um, it's the first thing that we released, and we didn't tour at all. We, we only did, like, you know, small... Small, more small gigs somewhere in Sweden, and mm-hmm. if we were lucky, start, started at 2007, we started to get uh, shows outside of Sweden, okay. in, in like Germany, and we actually toured with Wasp before Switchplay Serenade, mm-hmm. um, and, but before that, we only had like a couple of shows a year, you know, trying as demo bands do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just trying to break into the, the industry you know? yeah exactly so I mean it, it all started with with Serenades and releasing with Victory and to go over to our, our first real big long tour was was after that record and it was in the US so mm-hmm. started with that actually now in Sweden um, another band that, that comes to mind another kind of up and coming band Crash Diet comes to mind and you guys are similar but dissimilar in a way but I mean it, it you guys you know I think when a lot of people think of Scandinavian and especially Americans we think of black metal death metal but there's yeah. there's a pretty good you know melodic hard rock melodic metal glam metal whatever you want to call it thing going on there is that kind of how how it is in the clubs and stuff over there or is it, you guys kind of an exception to to the music scene there actually it's like that in Sweden there was kind of a sleaze and glam revival, mm-hmm. but that was like 2006 and 2007. Mm-hmm. 
which was like, uh, and Crash Diet had a, yeah, they were really big in like those years here in Sweden. And uh, we had a lot, a lot of bands, hair metal bands and stuff like that. But that all is kind of gone now. And okay. I think that just the bands that really struggled on and had like other elements too, not very, just the glam band didn't survive. So you have to have like a little bit more of the, the, the heavy metal or the, the, the classic rock. Yeah. Which I think we have. So I think that's why we kind of survived both the, the, the Inflames times or the, the Gothenburg sound times mm-hmm. and the sleep metal revival. And hopefully we can like stay on doing our thing. Yeah. So it's kind of history repeated itself with hair metal kind of <laughs> phasing yeah. itself out of yet another country. Well, but yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, on your latest album, uh, you laid a studio album now in forever. You worked with Cameron Webb, who was probably most notable for working with um, Motorhead. Um, how was that experience working with Cameron and such a producer of that stature? That was that was amazing. I mean, we we did the recording here in Sweden, uh, and the guy that recorded the album and produced it, he was good at that that thing, but he couldn't actually mix together what we achieved. Mm-hmm. So we had to like. We had like a, what you call it, disaster meeting, like we need to do something, this is a disaster, it sounds yeah. like crap, and we did a good job. Right. But you even start to like question yourself, we start to question our songs, and it's like, is this good, or what are we doing? Mm-hmm. And then Victory had some contact uh, with Camera Web, and he actually said, I gave it a try. And he, I think he mixed one song and said it over to us just like, hey guys, what do you think? And it sounded perfect. And yeah. then we kind of actually felt like, yes, this is a good record and we are going to be proud of ourselves. But we actually very much doubted that mm. for a while. So he took the tracks that you had already recorded and just yeah. put a mix to them then? Yeah. Oh. And he, I mean, we didn't have to tell him like anything. He just did it exactly the way we wanted on the first shot. So he's... Really, really good, and we love to work with him again. Yeah, yeah, I think I think a lot of bands would probably line up to work with Cameron. Um, the re-release of Dance of the Wicked. Now, um, you mentioned a lot of those were demos, um, even some of the tracks on the label are, are, are labeled as demos. But did you go back and re-record any of this stuff, or is it remixed in any way? No, no, because I don't think even think the files are available somewhere because. It was, as I told you, I don't even remember the name of the guy who recorded it. It was <laughs> a very, very kind of schoolish project, you know, right. like you're a school band, you go and play some songs in the studio. So I don't think even he has to fight anymore. So um, they're gone. So it's it's the uh, it's the original recording, but I think it's remastered at least. Okay. Yeah, so I mean, it's still kind of cool because you get a, I mean, it, it gives you the complete picture of the band, like, you know, and I, I like going back. Well, it's just yeah. good. It, it makes sense, and I give you guys the, all the credit in the world for, and for Victory for putting it out because so many times these types of recordings end up finding their way to the public anyway. Um, you, know, you know, as a band gets bigger, you look at like Guns N' Roses and, and Hollywood Rose and uh, even the Van Halen demos make their way to the surface anyway, so why not, yeah. why not get them out under your own control and quality control and packaging and things. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think it's a good idea we'd put on three more demo songs which we just recorded and actually good recording, I think. 
Yeah. Uh, and then the videos and stuff like that, and do kind of a, a special thing about it. Yeah, it's it's a nice package. Uh, one other inclusion in there is your your duet with Doro, uh, the the Motorhead track "Rock and Roll." Yeah. When when did you record that? And can you talk a little bit about um, you know your experience working specifically as, as another female vocalist with Doro and, and what that experience was like? Yeah, uh, I think that was 2011. It was between. Because after True Sound of the Underground uh, and before now and forever, so we we had an opportunity to just the producer, the producer just wanted to try to um, to um, record a heavy metal band. Mm-hmm. He had done that before. She so said, uh, "I want to record you for free because I just want to try it out." Mm-hmm. And we didn't have any song. We were touring a lot, so we didn't have any original songs. We didn't have any time to do any. So we right. like, hey, what, what can we do? And we, we, I mean, we love Motorhead, of course. So we sure. find a song, and then we like, we need to do something that's special with it. So we wanted to have a guest singer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at first, we asked uh, Angela from North Enemy, because mm-hmm. uh, we thought that would be pretty cool. She's from Sweden too. I mean, not originally, but she lives in Sweden, a Swedish band. Uh, and she wanted to do it, but she didn't have time. Sure. So we were like standing there. Who are we gonna ask? And we had we have met Dora played with her a couple of times before, and we had contact with her manager uh, or her, her booking agents. And we asked him, and and he asked her, and she was really happy to do it. So that was really amazing for us that she she was so positive, and she just went into the studio and she put on the, the vocals, and it was great. And she also appears in the video, which I think is really really cool for her. Yeah, I have to say, of all the people that I've dealt with in the music industry, Dora might be the single nicest person that I've ever yeah. had the pleasure of talking to. Uh, just so sweet and so uh, gracious. Uh, and, it's, and it's cool that you did a Motorhead song with her, you know, friendship with Lemmy and, and the guys in the band. It kind of was yeah. like a full circle thing, so it's really cool. Um, do you guys have plans? I know you have some dates later on in the year. Uh, specifically, it seems like you're at the UK pretty hard in the fall. But do you have plans to come back over the ocean and do any touring at this point? We have plans, but there's nothing confirmed yet. We are working on coming back in fall. Because cool. right now our summer is totally packed with festivals. Mm-hmm. And we are going to Russia after the summer and then Spain and the UK and stuff like that. So we have like planned until the end of October. Uh, but after that, we are working on both coming back to US and uh, to um, do more shows in uh, in Europe too. Sure. Is is growing up in, in Sweden, you know, obviously as, as Americans, we have kind of a different perspective and European uh, maybe have a different perspective. But um, when you look at a band, you know, coming from... Sweden or anywhere, do, do bands still look in that area, and your impression to the United States is where you really need to make your mark, or is that um, not necessarily the case anymore? I, you know, you think of like bands like the Beatles and the, the Stones and things, you know, they had to come to America, had to have a hit record. Is that still the end game for, for most bands? No, actually okay. not, because for a uh, European band these days, really hard to get over to the U.S. because mm-hmm. it costs too much money if you don't yes. have an American label who will pay uh, your tour support. Otherwise, yes. it's almost impossible. There's a lot of Swedish bands that have been like, they're really big here, like Hardcore Superstar, which are huge in, yeah. in, in Scandinavia. But I think, I think they've been once 
in the U.S. Yeah, and, and it's their small venues in the U.S. too. Yeah, so and here they play huge venues, so they mm. like they they don't think it's worth it. Yeah, it's interesting you said. I know I interviewed um, a German guitar player probably about two years ago, Axel Rudy Pell, who uh, yeah. he, I watched DVDs of him, and he's playing these very large venues or very full theaters. And you know, any plans to come to us? No, it just doesn't make sense financially. You know, no, it, so it's it's that for for very many bands, and yeah. in the industry industry is really, I mean, it's changing, but it's not a, that good for bands mm-hmm. right now yeah. these days. Uh, bands here are like they they are releasing their own records. They ha- they have their own label instead. They don't have any tour support, so they they, they can't do it. But we have victory, so and we kind of started in the U.S. because of victory. So for yeah. us. That have, have been our primary market mm-hmm. for, for a long time, and we are like trying to hit Europe now a bit. Yeah, more. you're doing it kind of backward from most European bands. Yeah, yeah. well, that, that's cool, then. I appreciate your honesty on that. that that's a really co- a very cool perspective, so I appreciate that. So hopefully we'll see you here um, in, in the fall if you guys can get that yeah. worked out and uh, look we forward really to it. We really want to come back. Yeah, and the uh, re-release of Dance of the Wicked, that is later this month, if I'm not correct, June 20th? Late, yeah, absolutely, something. the 26th, I think. Okay, like, yeah. Yeah, somewhere down there, so we can look for that again on Victory Records, and also Victory has some really cool bundles and things, uh, yeah. as they tend to do with T-shirts and things, so check that out as well. Liv, it's been a pleasure talking to you, and I, want, I wish you guys the best on the line. Thank you so much, nice talking to you too. All right, again, Sister Sins, Dance of the Wicked has been re-released on Victory Records. You can get that. Uh, I invite you to check out Victory Records' website. Uh, you can Google it to get the URL, because uh, if I say it, you're not going to remember it anyway. Um, check out the, the really cool bundles they do. Uh, there's a lot of the uh, smaller independent record labels, I think, have really caught on to the idea that bundling a T-shirt, a poster, a signed item with a CD is the way to go, uh, you know, for just a couple of bucks more you get yourself the album the album's artwork on a t-shirt some things like that so really encourage you to check that out as well or as always probably the best way to buy a, an album if you really want to help the band is go see them live pick up the album at the merch booth it's really uh, unfortunately in this economy and the way the record industry is gone it's probably the best way to help an artist is to get the album directly from them so we're going to turn our attention now to a man who uh, I will introduce, but really should need no introduction, John Oliva. John Oliva, uh, as many you remember, obviously with Sabotage, uh, and, and one of the, the main uh, creative forces behind what is known as the Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Now, the, the TSO has been no stranger to Iron City Rocks. We've been joined by um, many of the members of the band. Uh, but when you get to really the guts of the Trans-Siberian Orchestra, you're talking about... Uh, John Oliva so uh, we were pleased to get a chance to talk to him he's releasing a new album called Raise the Curtain under the name Oliva it's it's his first proper solo album so you can get that album uh, is available now this interview is a little bit older Uh, you know we've just been very very busy been blessed with so many guests so this album is now available Uh, and again this is John Oliva this is the title track from Raise the Curtain this track is Raise the Curtain
everyone. Thanks for tuning in today. And with us, we've got a very special guest, one of the pioneers of symphonic metal, John Oliva. How are you doing today, John? Great, bro. How are you, sir? Pretty good. Um, just got a chance to listen to the uh, upcoming album, and I want to say it sounds uh, sounds really great. Thank you. Um, so let's let's talk a little bit about the album. The album is your first uh, solo album, uh, titled Elite or uh, titled Raise the Curtain. Um, right. How did writing this album come about? Well, um, you know, actually, the idea for the album came about on a very sad note. You know, because uh, you know uh, Matt Laporte passed away, who right. was very close to me and my friend Dan. Um, and, you know, we just started hanging out because we were bummed out. And his Dan, my friend Dan, had lost his mom uh, very around the same time that Matt passed away. Wow. And we were just, you know, I had scheduled t- recording sessions with TSO every day at 5 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And I would come down to my friend Dan's house. He has a studio here at, like, 9 in the morning. And we would just, like, because I was driving my wife crazy. She's like, go somewhere or I'll shoot you. So I would come to Dan's house, and we would just started, you know, we would talking, and and it just started happening. We started. He goes, "Oh man, I have this piece of music. You want to listen to it?" And I'd be sure, and it would be great. And he'd go, "Like this isn't really very good, is it?" And I'm like, "Shut up! This is great. Let's work on it." And then it was got exciting, and then it came time for the Chris Oliva music, and I was like, I brought that in, and we started working on that, and that's when I realized it's. This can't be a J.O.P. record. Or right. It's got to be a solo record because the Chris contributions are the first group of songs that he ever wrote. <laughs> they weren't heavy metal riffs. They were, you know, Father Time riff and stuff like that. And it was like, you know, I figured this is the perfect time to do this solo thing. I can get the rest of Chris's music out. I can take a little break from, you know, having to think, who am I going to get to replace Matt? <clears throat> what am I going to do? I just wanted to get away from all that. I was very upset when Matt passed away. I was very, very, very close to him. He was like a son to me because I knew he was a troubled soul, and I loved him, and I tried to help him, but, you know, he was just one of those poor guys that fell off the edge, and it's very, it was crushing. It was, you know, and, you know, at least something good you know, the thing is, is that this record was important for me, important for my friend Dan. We were both, you know, it, it was like a therapy for us. You know, we wrote like 60 songs in 60 songs in like two months, you know, because we were every time we were writing, we weren't thinking about Matt or him not thinking about his mom. And even though Dan was very close to Matt as well. So it was like, shit, we just kept writing and writing and writing and then. I just started thinking about it, going like, this is the time to do it. If I'm going to do it, this is the perfect timing. Let's do it. Right. That's how it started, you know. So it's kind of like, you know, very therapeutic for you and, and whatnot. It was weird. It was like handful of rain all over again. <laughs> you know? uh, and then uh, you mentioned that this is, you know, the last of, of, of the stuff that uh, Chris had written and a lot of this. And, and like you said, it's it's older stuff and sort of heavy, and it kind of reminds me of stuff like, you know, back from, you know, 70s Rush and, and things like yeah. that. Um, and uh, what was it like, you know, I know it was important to you to get, you know, Chris's stuff out. Was it kind of like a bittersweet ending for you? Like, you know, it's finally all out there, but now that's, that's all there's left. Oh yeah, it was sad. I cried my eyes out after it was after it was all finished because I was like, I had enough of his music, 
mm-hmm. make him a part of everything I did with J.O.P. and stuff like that. There was always Chris music on those albums. But this music was special to me more because it was the very beginning of us trying to write songs together. It, it was like the first group of songs we wrote. And a lot of it was really bad, dude. I mean, there, there was some shit that would make you want to kill somebody. But there were magic moments. These right. riffs, like the riff for Father Time, uh, the chorus section in 10 years, um, the riff that opens up the guitar part of the song The Witch. Mm. These were all like probably in the first, you know, three to six riffs that Chris ever wrote. Wow. You know, and that to me is makes it makes it special. But... Like you said, it called for a different style of playing, mm-hmm. a different approach. And that's why the solo album idea was like, well, this is perfect. Solo album, I could do whatever I want. <laughs> right, right. Now, you played all the instruments on this album, too. How much of a challenge was that? Well, I didn't play all. I played all the, um, I played drums on four or five songs. Okay. Chris Kinder played drums on the ones that my legs just don't move that quick. <laughs> And my friend Dan Fasciano, who co-wrote a lot of the songs with me on the album, played the keyboards, the organ. And I played all the guitars, you know, and the bass and the acoustics and all that stuff. And so, yeah, I mean, uh, it was basically mostly me playing everything except for my two dear friends who helped me out where I can't play organ worth a shit. And my legs are too old to play double kick drums anymore. So there you go. Right. Now, you know, the title raised the curtain, and, and even like the album cover, it's kind of fitting. you got, you know, Chris's guitar on there and then, you know, yeah. piano. Um, do you see that, like, you know, continuing this, pro- like, with more songs of your own, or is this kind of be like a one-time thing? No, I want to do, you know, I I, I, I want to keep the J-O-P, right. J.O.P. thing going. But my goal for that is now for the J.O.P. record, I want that to be the heaviest record I've ever written. That's okay. my goal. But I want to do more of this solo stuff, maybe, you know, uh, a year or so down the road, because a lot of the songs that we have out of those 60 songs we wrote are really fucking cool songs, but they're not heavy metal songs, you know, they're, right. they're like all kinds of different vibes. So I'm looking, you know, I, I want to do that. So, you know, yeah, definitely there's going to be another one of those. Cool, cool, cool. I mean, like I said, like you said, this album, you know, it, it's not heavy metal, but, you know, there's metal aspects to it, and there's a lot of progressive aspects, a lot of funk, and it, it's just like, you know, so to me, it's a, it's a well-rounded album, um, and I, I really enjoy, enjoyed it. Um, is there any plans to take it on the road at all? I have a lot. I'm going to make an announcement in July on tour dates. I'm, I'm entertaining several options right now, and right. I just haven't decided what one's going to be best for this, so... Um, I actually have Chris Kinder, my drummer, is in Europe right now talking to several promoters, and he's coming back this week, and he's going to let me know what the situation is. So, um, But there will be an announcement soon. Cool, cool. Looking looking forward to that. Um, another thing coming up this year, you've got the uh, 25th anniversary of uh, Gutter Ballet, which you know, personally is one of my favorite Sabotage albums. Is there any you know plans to celebrate that uh, milestone? Oh, yeah. Yep. Next summer um, – I'm doing the whole festival festival run in Europe next summer, doing the, you know, the 25th anniversary of Gutter Ballet. Right. I'm going to do some shows with that here in the States before I go over there. I'm trying to put together, thinking about putting together like, uh, you know, six or seven dates here in America, probably in the 
north, uh, northeast, mid, you know, like, you know, Chicago, Detroit, New York, Philly, down in that area, um, you know, just has warm-up shows, and then go over and do, I got offers for all the big festivals to do cool. that, so cool. that's definitely going to happen. Cool, and then you're still doing the Trans-Siberian Orchestra thing. Oh, yeah, <laughs> got to pay them bills, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like that's never-ending, it's like, you know, it's, a, it's definitely... It's like, a- ever remember Saturday Night Live? Trans-Siberian Orchestra is like the thing that wouldn't leave. Right. You know, it's great. I love it, but it's like, hey, do you mind if I order a pizza? <laughs> you mind if I spend all your money on long-distance phone calls? No, go ahead. It's, yeah, I love it. It's a miracle that that whole production is simply a miracle. And we've been blessed to be able to have it go so long and be so, um, you know, entertaining to people where they keep coming back. Right. You know, they won't let us die. <laughs> That and it, you know, you reach a you reach a broader audience too. I mean, I know a lot of people who've gone and seen Transsiberian and Orchestra, and then I've talked to them. I'm like, well, you know, you check out this. I'm playing some Sabotage stuff, and it, yeah. it you know, it, it seems it's a natural continuation of that. It's, it's weird. It's very strange. I go to the shows and I stand at the soundboard with my engineer, and I look around and I see kids five, six years old, mm-hmm. and I see people eighty-five years old. And they're all having a fucking great <laughs> So I'm like, this is cool. Man. Like, you can't ask for a broader audience than that. No, know? no, not at all. Um, cool. I, I don't want to take up too much of your time, so I want to thank you for coming on the show. And like I said, the album's called Raise the Curtain. It comes out July 2nd, and uh, it's an awesome album. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that very much. Cool. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. All right, again, as I had said, going into the interview, that album is available now, Raise the Curtain, from John Oliva. The uh, artist, actually, on the album sleeve, you'll see it's just Oliva, but it is John Oliva. And again, um, such an influence in music, uh, I think in hard rock and metal, uh, Sabotage. Uh, you know, a lot of, I think everyone will say they like Sabotage, but it's a band that uh, you don't necessarily think of when you're grabbing a CD or throwing something on your iPod. So highly, 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 you dust off some Sabotage. And uh, for those of you who are uh, TSO fans, December 7th, Console Energy Center, uh, the um, Trans-Siberian comes back for two shows, 3 o'clock, 8 o'clock, uh, and they're going to be all over the country. So if you are in the sound of my voice, and if you're on planet Earth, you're in the sound of my voice, go to the Trans-Siberian's website, check out all the tour dates, go to iTunes, get yourself Oliva's Raise the Curtain. I want to take a moment and thank... Uh, Susan, who has been a long-time uh, supporter of the show, uh, you'll notice this is probably the first episode we've done in a long time that didn't feature a, a commercial with Susan's voice for a guitar instruction or offering to write an album. Susan uh, has been a sponsor of the show now for, I'm going to guess, at least a year and a half. Uh, she's been very influential in helping us keep the lights on, funding this enden- endeavor of Iron City Rocks. Uh, without her, it would have been much more difficult to keep the lights on. So we want to thank, uh, thank her immensely for her support of Iron City Rocks over the years. With that being said, if you are interested, if you have a business, a band, uh, another music website, we offer incredibly low-cost advertising on Iron City Rocks. If you go to ironcityrocks.com, look for the Advertise With Us link. You can find out the plans we offer uh, a great way if you've got an album coming out with your band. We get a lot of emails from independent bands that are looking to promote their album. Um, look at that. You know, you can get yourself for, for 
really pennies. Um, you can get yourself on the show and get your album promoted. So check that out. We also want to thank all of you for listening because of your listenership and, and the statistics we drive from that. We're able to bring you great guests like Phil Anselmo. Uh, so it's really, really helpful. I don't want to go all public broadcasting on you, but it, it honestly helps us tremendously when we get feedback, uh, ratings, downloads. Uh, all of that goes into making the show better. Uh, so, again, if you're a business out there and you were looking to do an inexpensive advertising, you know, we know on the mega chain radio stations, advertising can be quite expensive. Uh, we offer quite inexpensive options. So, thank you all for listening. You can check us at ironcityrocks.com. We'll have some great photographs up there. We should, by the time you hear this, uh, be looking for some photos from the Carnival of Madness Tour, which is coming up. We've got some killer uh, photos from Warp Tour, the Alliance Festival that was in Pittsburgh, uh, Leonard Skinner, Bad Company, uh, Mayhem even. So there's a zillion photographs of shows that have been going on lately. You can check that out. You can find us on Facebook.com forward slash Iron City Rocks, Twitter.com forward slash Iron City Rocks, and you can email us personally at ironcityrocks at gmail.com. Until the next time, we want to thank you for listening. <laughs>